Welcome to the radio ministry of Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. May God fill you and transform you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now for some music and then Pastor Brian Bully. reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter. That same day, Jesus went out of the house, and he sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Then he told them what it meant. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes along because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, sometimes a sermon is for the people who are in the audience listening. And sometimes like this day, a sermon is to help you to help other people. Today we have a familiar story. It was the Sabbath, 
And Jesus and his disciples had gotten in trouble that morning with some Pharisees because the disciples were hungry and they picked some heads of grain in a field. They just stripped that wheat head off and they'd eat it. The Pharisees, who considered the law to be the most important thing, were upset because in their, their view, this meant that the disciples were harvesting. And of course, harvesting meant working, and it was the Sabbath, and you shouldn't work on the Sabbath. So Jesus reminded them that the law was meant to help people, not to hurt them. Besides, Jesus said he was the Lord of the Sabbath. They then went to the synagogue because it was Saturday morning. And a man had a shriveled hand. The people there asked if it was lawful to heal on the Sabbath. They asked him that several times, and Jesus just healed the man. And some Pharisees began to plot to kill him. And then later that day, he left there, and he began to heal many people, including a demon-possessed man. So some declared that Jesus must be a demon prince. And so they asked Jesus for a sign, a proof that he was who he said he was. He told them he would only give them the sign of Jonah being buried for three days and three nights in the earth. And he also declared that he was more than Jonah and greater than King Solomon. His mother and brothers showed up and wanted to speak with him. And Jesus pointed to his disciples and said, that Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That's what Jesus said. After all this, he left the house and he went to the lake and he sat down by it. And so many people followed him that he got into a boat and he preached from it. And he included this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, and still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. Well, the disciples kind of pulled him aside and said, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? You know, those stories that are told in a sort of code. And he said, essentially, most of the people don't even try to understand. But you disciples are trying to understand, and we thought you can understand. For they understood that Jesus had come from God. While most people, they didn't even care about the things of God. And it's still the same way today, isn't it? Some people care, some people don't even care. Jesus then explained the parable of the sower to the disciples, and they recorded it, and now we know. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. And this is the seed sown along the path. And the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they've got no root, they only last a short time, and when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly. And the seed falling among the thorns refers to anyone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. 
But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. And this is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now, we've all heard this many times. Is this new to anyone here today? I didn't think so. You've heard it so many times. That hard path where the seeds about the kingdom, the words about the kingdom just lay there until they're taken away by the devil. And there's the seeds on the rocky ground where someone hears about Jesus, gets excited, but forgets about Jesus as soon as trouble comes back into their life. And the seed falling among thorns hears about Jesus. Someone does and loses focus and pays too much attention to the cares and desires of this life. But then there's those who are good soil and grow a crop of kindness and love and lead many to Jesus. And most of the time, we listen to the parable and say, I'm going to be the good soil. God's word will do well with me. After all, I'm in church almost every Sunday. But let's look at these options in detail and see what really happens. Both from the perspective of being a type of soil, that's where you're the one receiving the word, and from the perspective of being the sower who goes out to spread the word. There's many people in this world around us who represent the soil of the well-trod path. We know that in a path through the woods or even in a field, if many people walk on a path, then seed tossed on that path will probably not grow. In fact, it will lay there, black or brown, on top of the hard pan dirt as that seed gradually dries out to become dust. But very soon, some sharp-eyed bird will come flying by and put that seed out of its misery, gulping it down. Have you ever noticed something funny about farmers? They use equipment that lifts and separates the soil, like plows and harrows and shovels and such. Farmers don't use those big rollers that the asphalt people use to flatten down the roads. Farmers don't try to flatten down and compact their soil. Why? Because it makes it difficult for the seeds to get into the soil. And if they do, then it's difficult for the roots to grow and it's difficult for water to get into the roots. If a farmer were to flatten and compact the soil, like happens in a well-trod footpath, only the birds will benefit. After all, don't we know where the path is because nothing is growing on a path? Part of the reason we know the path is that all of the soil of the path looks pretty much the same. All that foot tra traffic has worn away the differences. The path is mainly flat. It's smooth. It's boring to look at. It may be shiny if it's a bit wet, but it's so easy to see the differences which are the seeds, when we look at the path, and that's why the birds can spot the seeds so easily. So we shouldn't expect very much, very much in the way of results from people who have been worn down by the world, people who don't think for themselves, people who don't show any differences. The people of the path may have become shiny with glittering things, but they themselves are all much the same, dull, and just like many other people, they reject anything different like the Word of God. The Word just bounces off these people like seeds on a hard, well-trod path. And soon the devil takes the Word away from them. Most people are path people. Who do you know 
that is like a well-trod path. Maybe this is why God and God's ideas are so foreign to most teenagers these days. They've been taught by the school system and their friends to hide any difference. You remember what it was like back in school. Don't be different. The Japanese even have their own proverb to discourage any differences in their students. The nail that sticks up gets pounded down. And unfortunately, this happens to so many of our students by the time that they're leaving high school. And so they try so hard not to be different. And you know, attending church instead of watching TikTok videos is very different. So how do we reach the people and the students of the well-trod path? We have to think like a farmer. We have to cultivate the soil. We have to get out our, our soil rakes. We have to help it become loose and different and lifted up and dug up so seeds and water and the Word of God can penetrate that soil. We need to help people understand, recognize, and celebrate their differences, their unique skills. Help them understand how they are special to God. How they aren't just like everyone else. How we're taking time to look at them as the individuals that they are instead of just another same-looking part of the well-trod path. We have to look at them as individuals. Talk to these people. Help them see that they aren't dull, barely living people who are just going to work every day and not living a life. Speak with them as the individuals that they are. The world won't because the world prefers categories of people. It's cheaper to sell to categories than to individuals. So help people like this become individuals. You can do it by speaking with them as individuals. And you'll make friends who will then be able to receive the word of God. But first you have to cultivate their soil. Help them understand how they are special. The second type of soil that Jesus mentioned was the rocky soil. The soil which had some soil, but the, the dirt was thin over top of rocks. When there were rocks under thin soil, they sprang up quickly because they germinated, because it was nice and warm. And you get this little seedling takes off, but the heat of summer quickly dries out the soil. And the plants that had started to grow quickly die for lack of water. We can't always see the difference between this type of soil and the deep, rich, fertile soil that farmers love. We have to take our shovel or our plow and see what's under the surface there. Jesus says that these are people who find Jesus, are joyful, and then fade away when trouble comes. So who are they in our modern life? Well, it seems to me that there's a certain type of person who looks good, but has no depth to their character. You might want to look at the picture on the back wall. There are people who fade, the Barbies and Kins of the world, the people of fashion, the people who are chameleons, always adapting themselves to what other people say is good, but then changing their minds when opinions around them change. Who do you know that's a human chameleon adapting themselves to the fads of the day? In the movie Runaway Bride, Julia Roberts' character Maggie has been to the altar several times, but she always runs away before a chance to say, I do. As the, money, as the movie goes on, we find that her favorite way to have an egg always matches the person she's with. 
With one guy, it's scrambled because he eats scrambled eggs. With another guy, it's fried just as he eats his. And so it goes with her life. She changes to match the person she's with because she has no depth to her character, no depth to the character of her own, no principles, no firm beliefs. She doesn't even know what type of eggs she likes to eat. We saw this person in the old tent revivals and in youth festival evangelism meetings. When people began going forward to receive Jesus, some people went with their friends and were very excited. But you know, when it came to attending church, they quickly fell away because the emotion was gone. And they rarely showed up for any sort of meeting other than maybe Sunday mornings or the youth group or the vacation Bible school. So how do we help a person like this? The person who's joyful, seems to love Jesus for a while, but has rocky, thin soil in which the word of God is planted and takes off but quickly dies. Well, the, if they're plants, the solution is to keep watering the seeds, isn't it? And that gives us a clue about how to help a person like this. We must stay with them for an extended period of time, helping them develop their roots in the faith. Billy Graham saw this in his earliest crusades, that an evangelism event without a church to follow up and connect with those who came forward was pretty useless because so many people would come forward, but then they did not make a connection to their local church. Today we have our big events, revivals, vacation Bible school, festivals, sales, and unfortunately there's little follow-up in most churches. Take vacation Bible school, I hear from many different churches, the children from our church attend. They may invite and bring friends, but more often after VBS, we never see any new children. Why is that? Because in most churches, there's no, no provision for follow-up. Their parents dropped off the kids and then picked them up afterwards. So relationships weren't developed with the parents. And for the kids, it was just a one-off event. And it's not just VBS that acts this way. Most events happen this way. We even have to look at the theology, the theology of just getting saved. For there's much more to Christianity than a one-time event of accepting Jesus. There needs to be an ongoing, regular time each week where new Christians come together with their mentors and learn what it means to be a Christian. Now that can be a Bible study, or it can be Sunday school, or it can be simply you meeting with the person that you've led to Christ to have coffee once a week or once every couple of weeks and talk about how Christ behaves and how things are going. This is how we water that rocky soil and keep newly planted Christians alive until they develop those deep roots that will keep them going through tough times. We have to keep them going until they figure out what type of eggs they like to eat until Christianity has become part of their identity. And that requires people who will follow up and bring spiritual water to the new Christian. And it's not complicated. It can simply just be, let's talk a little bit about what we learned on Sunday. The third type of soil is the soil infested by thorns. Anybody got multiflora rose growing near them? Jesus said that these are the people whose joy about God is choked out by the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Notice that Jesus points out 
that the promises of joy that wealth will bring are lies that take us away from God. A farmer knows that plants can't grow and produce a good crop of fruit when they're spending much of their energy fighting for sunlight and water and fertilizer with the other plants around them. For three years, I've been fighting for my holly bushes that are on the side of the parsonage. There's this invasive weed which grows very quickly. The weed is on the left and one surviving holly bush is on the right in the picture that's back here. It grows very quickly, that weed, six feet in two weeks. It shades the holly bushes so they can't grow. I have repeatedly cut the thing down to the ground. It looks a bit, then the next day you look at the ground and you see something that looks a bit like an overgrown asparagus stalk on, on steroids coming out of the ground. It has these big shady leaves that take off like some monster from the jungle. And that weed has definitely hurt the holly bushes. But maybe the Japanese beetles will eat it. They seem to love it. There's many people who have worries in this life or who spend most of their time and thought on gaining wealth or, as they put it, trying to survive. Who do you know that's one of these people that's got so many thorns in their life? And of course, as mature Christians, we know in our heads, if not in our hearts, that the answer to worry is to trust God to provide. And the answer to wealth is to live simply and modestly so it's easy for God to provide. And so we can look to the farmer's solution for thorn-infested soil is to cut it out, destroy it, poison it, burn it, and dig it up by the roots. You or your newly made Christian friend has thorns in their lives that cause them worry. Hand those worries over to God. Help them hand them over and leave them there. Turn their back. Help them turn their back on the struggle for wealth and instead look at the things that make them want, need, and desire wealth or make you want, need, and desire wealth. Why do you have such a large cable bill when you only watch three channels that you could stream for $24 a month? Why do you eat out so often when you can cook at home for a quarter of the price? Can your old car run another year with $1,000 worth of repairs instead of buying a new car and spending $500 a month for the payment if you can find one for $500 a month? And why are you so worried about what might happen to your children or grandchildren this fall? Don't you think that God knows where they are and what's happening in their lives? Say the prayer and go to sleep. Cut down those thorns. And then there's the people who receive the word like seeds sown onto good fertile soil. We need to understand that most of the good fertile soil that farmers have, though, is not something that just came about. They've developed it over the years. That soil has been plowed and tilled. There were trees cut down. There were bushes cut out. Manure and other fertilizer has been added year after year. Weeds have been removed for years. And so it is with many people who gladly receive the word of God. Over the many years, they have looked at mature Christians who have set an example for them of proper living, of joy, of persistence, of patience and kindness. They've watched crops of good things grow in those spiritual gardens of these mature Christians. Maybe your garden. And they've watched the crops wither in the spiritual gardens of other people. They've begun to imitate those people that they admire. 
And so they've already begun to prepare their personal soil to receive the word. All they've needed now is for someone like you to speak the word, sowing the seed in their good soil. Who is watching you and preparing their soil for the word of God by watching you? Remember that a good crop needs two things to begin with. It needs good soil and it needs good seed. Good soil comes when the farmer plows the field and tills the field and fertilizes the field and removes weeds and thorns from the field. People with good soil have already watched a good farmer, a mature Christian, and seen what they do. Pray regularly, read scripture daily, attend church regularly, give generously to their church and to other people, and remove bad habits and worries from their lives. They've watched you do this if you've let them, if you've let them see. And then their soil is ready to receive the good seed, which is the word of, God, of the gospel, focusing not on sins and laws, but on the wonderful grace and gifts that Jesus has given us. We must both show the gospel in action through our lives and speak the details of why we follow Jesus and how our actions are because we follow Jesus. For today, you see, most people simply won't connect the dots between our actions and following Jesus. This has to be explained. They believe that some people are just nice and some people aren't. Most people today are like children who see a farmer's field empty in April and suddenly growing a crop of corn in July. But they skipped the day that the farmer planted the corn seed. It appears to most people that the good crop just grew. They never understood the connection between the seed and the soil and the crop. And the seed has to be good seed. Have you ever noticed that some garden seeds we buy, we plant 20 seeds but only two will grow? And with other packets, we'll plant 20 seeds and 18 will grow. That's why it's important to get good seed. For the gospel, it's getting the gospel of God's grace rather than the law of God's wrath. Because that kills the plant even before it has a chance to grow. It's like a fungus. And if you have the good soil and the good seed, then you just simply wait on God to make the rain and water the field which is when God sends miracles to remind us that the good news is true and that God is watching us in, the, in our lives. And this produces a crop, a bumper crop, as each person sowing the seeds sees a massive return. Did you notice, though, that Jesus uses the idea of sowing seeds broadly rather than planting seeds only in good soil? We really don't know who has the hard-packed soil like the path, or who has thin, rocky soil, who has cho thorn-choked soil, and who has good, fertile soil. Jesus wants us to sow the seeds of the gospel widely, to as many people as possible. But we often instead look at people and say, oh, they have bad soil, and the gospel seed will never grow there. It's not worth my time. Well, I'll tell you, I knew a woman in her late 80s about 87, 88 years old, who was very pleasant. She would meet every family who lived near her. She might have been mistaken as a woman with thin, rocky soil because she was so bubbly. 
She brought her neighbors food. She got to know their children. She regularly greeted them and spoke with them about both her life and their lives. And then when the soil had been prepared, she asked the family to come to church with her because, as she said, I need a ride. And in a single year, she brought over 15 new members into that church. You could do the same. Doug McIntosh spoke of a man who was diagnosed with advanced leukemia and came to know the Lord. This man could easily have been diagnosed as being thorn-infested soil that would choke out the gospel. He had so many cares, he was so sick. He couldn't even leave the hospital, but he could wander on the floor. And six months later, he was in his last days, and the pastor came in, and he told his pastor, I'm so sorry, I was only able to bring 14 people to Christ. In six months, while dying in a hospital, he led 14 people to Christ, and he was apologizing for the small number. We never know when there is a patch of fertile soil under all those thorns. Show that the seed in you has been planted in good soil, that you've learned the word of the gospel and understood it, and now turn around and begin sowing seeds everywhere and helping people prepare their soil for the seed. And then watch the harvest as we gather together the crop into those bundles that the old-timers call sheaves. Cedar Grove United Methodist Church and Pastor Brian Boley would like to thank you for listening to last week's pre-recorded sermon. Join us live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and on Facebook. We are located on Route 47, a mile and a half east off I-77, just across from WVU Parkersburg campus. Donations may be mailed to Cedar Grove UMC, 168 Old Turnpike Road, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 26104. Or you can text the word GIVE to 1304-244-1903 or visit our website, cedargroveunitedmethodist.org and click on the GIVE tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you and God bless you in your life. <laughs>